Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also... Not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky, and as always, I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. <gasps> Hello, Dave. Oh, big, <laughs> big inhale. I'm just going to exhale. The whole episode. <laughs> One big exhale. I challenge you. Oh, now that made me need to yawn. <laughs> I took too much air in. Anyway, hello. And I'm running at a deficit because I breathed out without breathing in. Oh, no. We've really started at a weird place. And I had I'm hiccups. never going to catch up. <laughs> I had hiccups moments before we hit record, so yeah. who knows where I'm at. God, we're a mess. <laughs> Why do you people listen to this? <laughs> hey, this <Dad>. rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Three unprofessional fools Well before we get to our usual rubbish <laughs> uh, We've got to tell you that we've got some shows coming up um, We are doing our screening of The Mummy In Melbourne at the Lido Cinemas uh, On Friday, September the 10th uh, Only very small amount of tickets available We'd love to, uh, of course, show The Mummy to you And then talk about The Mummy to you have in we, podcast form Have we got our tickets yet? I don't oh. want to miss out. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Somebody, who said they were going to book them? Dave, you said you were going to get them. Oh, no. Well, we'll end up sitting next to the projectionist upstairs, <laughs> which is actually pretty That's cool. That's sick, actually. Yeah. 
And we're also being part of the Great Australian Podcast Festival, and that is a big Saturday night show, Saturday, November the 8th, at the fantastic Palais Theatre. Oh, so good. Hallowed ground. And uh, even sooner than that, uh, tomorrow, uh, if you're listening to this podcast live, uh, <laughs> on the 29th of July, I'm taping a stand-up show Woo! at the Stupid Old Studios at this very building. Um, Dave's going to be there. I'll be there. Just put it in the calendar. <laughs> tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm putting it in right now. <laughs> you get tickets via mattstuartcomedy.com, and it'll be so good to see you there. What a pleasure it would be. Honestly. A big, big pleasure. Uh, you get to sit next to me, maybe. One or maybe two of you will get that privilege. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then... Dave will be at the back next to the projectionist. <laughs> <laughs> the cinematic extravaganza of wow. Matt Stewart comedy. I'm also coming to Perth uh, to do a show uh, next month, I believe. I think I should check that. But, I mean, you can. The details are at mattstewartcomedy.com. And oh. use the discount code for both of those. Do go on. I might be there as well. Yeah, come with. No promises. <laughs> We'll go get ice cream after. (laughs) All right, I actually am looking forward to it now. You guys. It's going to be great fun. I look forward to just having the house to myself. (laughs) (laughs) While we're away from a mansion. (laughs) Well, we've got to record an episode now. (laughs) Jess, what does that mean we're going to do? That means we're going to turn on the microphones, (laughs) sit in front of them, pop on our headphones and have a little bit of a chat. And what I mean by that is that one of the three of us has gone away, researched a topic often suggested by a listener. They bring that research back to the other two who listen but often interrupt with quips and witty commentary or sometimes say, sorry, I wasn't listening. (laughs) (laughs) And this week... I never (laughs) apologise. And this week it is Dave's turn to uh, report on a topic. And Dave, we... Usually start with a question. Uh, 301 episodes in, why break with tradition? Here is a question, and that is... Here is a riddle. <laughs> Let's do for the next 300 really complex puzzles. <laughs> we never get to the topic. That I will get very frustrated right. by. If you don't get it, I'm just not going to read this report. <laughs> yeah, we just have to go home and I'll you miss out. The, put it in the bin. <laughs> My question is, if I demanded satisfaction from you, what would I be challenging a you duel. to? <laughs> That's exciting. Uh, this week, I was uh, when you were talking riddles and stuff. I thought maybe hypotenuse is that something? Some of all sides, <laughs> <laughs> triangles, <laughs> something like that. Yes. Like I was really looking forward to a hypotenuse podcast, but mm. a duel. I'm even more intrigued. You'll, by. you'll take duel. Uh, this week's topic is simply history's silliest duels. Oh, that's great. Uh, voted for by our Sydney Scheinberg level Patreon supporters. And um, often we find it's very close up at the top. Mm. You have two options that get a very similar amount. Often one or two votes separates it. Not this case. This was an absolute <laughs> landslide. One eighty percent off the vote. Whoa. I mean, duels just as a concept are pretty silly. Yeah. Um, so oh, yeah. the silliest ones, <laughs> I think we're going to have a bit of fun today. I guess my question to you is, have either of you ever fought a duel? Um, like a like pistols at dawn sort of mm. duel? No. No, not that kind of duel. But it sounds like there might be a type of duel that you have fought. I've, I actually had a fist fight with a singer duel. And um, if, <laughs> so in that way, I did fight a duel. And, well, I mean... <laughs> 
She fought me. It was pretty embarrassing. I got absolutely slaughtered. And I had a falling out with an emerald. Yeah. Man, I'm so glad you made that uh, that reference because uh, this is the opening line of my report and we are on the exact same level. This is how, this is how I was going to start. The Oxford English Dictionary defines Jewel as a 90s American singer-songwriter with an obsession with her hands being her own. My hands are small, I know. <laughs> same level, 300, 300 weeks in this, in this small room together. But have you referenced emeralds at all? Uh, yes, the next reference is an emerald is defined. <laughs> well, there you go. No, the next sentence is a duel is defined as an arranged engagement in combat between two people with matched weapons in accordance with agreed upon rules. Okay. Uh, starting in the Middle Ages, European nobles had defended their honour in man-to-man battles. An early version of dueling was known as judicial combat which was named so because God allegedly judged the man in the right and let him win. Oh, uh, that makes sense. So, yeah, God gave him a faster hand. Yeah. Or whatever. Was it always guns? Was it no. Fencing? It did start with swords. At first, the duels were fought with swords, but then pistols became the weapon of choice for most duels, which meant from that point on, oh, they became... Would have been awful to be in the crossover period. You're still bringing knives to gunfights. <laughs> That's probably where the saying came from. Probably, yeah. Don't do it. Early duels. Never bring a gun Don't to a gunfight. You look like an idiot. What did, did I say the right thing then? I think so. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> To me, it sounded like you said, never bring a dump to a dump fight. <laughs> yeah, I thought I might have said something like that. <laughs> Can we check the tape? Uh, we don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> There's simply no time. Jewels were also seen as a good way to stop people from killing each other in the heat of passion. Mm. Amazingly, it was seen as the sensible alternative. Yeah. Because it meant that you had to, like, walk away. Think about it. Come back. Ten paces. Yeah, yeah. Ten paces is a is a you know it's a decent amount of well, thinking time. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. you get to ten paces, you turn around and go. Actually, actually no. <laughs> yeah. You know Ow! what? <laughs> you know what? I think you're right. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so despite it being seen as things were said. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you shot me. I'm I'm pissed off. <laughs> So it was seen as the sensible alternative, but despite this, numerous authorities, including heads of state and the Catholic Church, banned duelling, often with very little effect. Arrests were infrequent. Judges and juries were loath to convict. The only duelling I like to do is banjos. Ding, 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 ding. But a ding, 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 ding. But it wasn't just a Never complete... bring a banjo to a gunfight. <laughs> it wasn't just a complete free-for-all. In 1777, a group of Irishmen codified dueling practices in a document called the Code Duello. This document contained 26 specific rules outlining all aspects of the duel. And just to give you an example of the language, because it is uh, quite complex. Rule five is, as a blow is strictly prohibited under any circumstances among gentlemen, no verbal apology can be received for such an insult. The alternatives, therefore, the offender handing a cane to the injured party to be used on his own back, at the same time begging pardon, firing on until one or both are disabled, or exchanging three shots and then asking pardon without proffer of the cane. So you really, you can't talk it out. No. So if you punch someone, you can't be like, hey, I'm really sorry. You either bend over and give them a cane or you say, all right, you shoot me, then I'll shoot you, then I'll apologize. 
Okay, that is complicated. So wait, so if you hit first and they go, actually, I feel bad about that. Yeah. You have to let them hit you, hit you with a cane. Or shoot you. Shoot you. With a cane. Okay. <laughs> uh, if swords are used, the party's engaged until one is well bloodied, disabled or disarmed, or until after receiving a wound and blood being drawn, the aggressor begs pardon. Okay. Uh, rule number 10 was any insult to a lady under a gentleman's care or protection to be considered as, by one degree, a greater offence than if given to the gentleman personally yeah. and to be regulated accordingly. I agree with that. Chivalry. <laughs> as a feminist of the pot, I have to agree. You should not be speaking like that to a lady in my care. <laughs> That's a very feminist approach of you. And it's very brave. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. No worries. And thank you for caring for me. <laughs> Am I a lady in your care? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Is Dave a lady in your care? No. Oh. What? <laughs> Who's looking after me? I don't know. Not, not my problem. Someone me. Me. So, okay, so someone As talks. a woman, I cannot stand by while a little boy gets pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so if someone... By extension, you are in my care. <laughs> Right. Russian doll style. I'm in your lady's care. <laughs> you're, you're in the care of my lady. We are essentially your parents. Yeah. Thank you. Well, as long as someone's protecting me out there on those streets. Yeah. So if someone is rude to me, I'll say, well, I'm going to call my mum. Mm-hmm. She's going to call her husband. <laughs> Who will demand satisfaction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How do you like that? Who's looking after Matt? Dave? Who are you yeah. looking oh, after? Gosh, look after? I've got to look after, look after my dad. <laughs> It's very. Co- you can see why there's twenty something rules. Here. Oh yeah, it's very complex. <laughs> um, now to delope, which is French for throwing away, oh. is the practice of throwing away one's fire in a pistol duel, an attempt to abort conflict. Often people fired into the air or into the ground or on purpose. It's like like a, a white flag kind of. Yeah. Thing. Like, pff, well, all right. Yeah. The Irish Code Duello, however, forbids this practice. Oh. Rule number 13, no dumb shooting or firing in the air is admissible in any case. Right. Okay. So it's quite a complicated set of rules, but basically it outlines stuff like the time of day during which challenges could be received to the number of shots or wounds required for satisfaction or honour. Okay. It's like a <laughs> system. Got him in the arm. That's, that's a little bit of honour. Got him in both legs. Hello, honour. <laughs> Your Honour. Hello, Honour. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, because it was all about satisfaction, all linked back to defending your Honour, it wasn't always about killing your opponent, but usually about restoring one's Honour by demonstrating a willingness to risk one's life for it. So that's why you'd fire into the air. Often they'd both fire into the air and say, look, See? I, I showed I'm brave. up. I was prepared to die for this bullshit. I'm brave. I held a gun. Right. Very brave man. So the, in the end, it's all about getting satisfaction. Mm. Mick Jagger was a bad duelist, wasn't he? He can't get no. He can't get no. Come on. He tried. Mick. Man, he tried. I, yeah. He kept shooting, but missing <laughs> Keith. Keith. <laughs> 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 Weapons are uh, ineffective on Keith. <laughs> Nothing will kill Keith. Uh, the Irish Code was generally also followed in England and Europe with some slight variations. So it's quite an influ- influ- influential dueling document. Mm. Uh, in a typical duel, each party acted through a person known as their second. Oh, yep. The second's duty, above all, was to try to reconcile the parties without violence. An offended party sent a challenge through his second. Mm. So We've get, seen Hamilton. Yes, exactly. There's a whole song about this crap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't remember that. Did you, do you guys remember 
the the one time we saw it, or have you seen it more than once? I've watched it since. Okay. I've listened to the soundtrack. All oh, right. Many yeah. Because I mean, how do you keep it all in? You can't. So much happened. No, no you can't keep it in. I mean, and I. <laughs> And I really, <laughs> really enjoy Hamilton, but one of the songs I dislike is the one about duelling because it's very musical-esque. Oh, okay. Right. There's like, they say, meet me outside, and then the whole chorus goes, meet him outside, meet him outside, meet, and I'm just cringing in my chair. <laughs> yeah, there's the cringiest or maybe the funniest of musicals is fart stuff. Yeah. yeah. Low clicks. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Matt doing some great choreography yeah, over there. Yeah, some good That's low sort clicking. of that lo- getting low to the ground, sort of creeping along with the low click. And you never did musicals us. in high school because you are nailing the low click and the shoulder. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I watched Beat at the film clip a few times. <laughs> and uh, maybe Rosanna by Toto. Oh, That's yeah. That's another great sort of <laughs> musical street tough scene in there. <laughs> Uh, So jewels of this kind really took off in Europe in the 17th and 18th centuries. According to the Smithsonian, during the reign of King George III, which is 1760 to 1820, there were 172 known jewels in England and also very likely many more that were secret, resulting in 69 recorded fatalities. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I had a a feeling that's where it was going, but thank you for still pausing. I definitely paused... Hoping you'd say it. Nice. (laughs) Dead people (laughs) are. Oh, yeah. Uh, In the US, the first recorded duel took place in 1621, just a year after the pilgrims arrived at Plymouth. It was fought between two servants, which is also notable because it was usually, quote, gentlemen who dueled. Let's see. And a gentleman never never shits. (laughs) But they do duel. They do duel, okay. They do duel. So even if you get shot in the abdomen and you die, you don't shit yourself? No. Okay. That's what's crazy, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But if you're a gentleman, if you do shit, you you get a much worse burial. All of a sudden you're you're thrown in in just in a hole. Yeah. But if you you hold your bowels, you will get a gentleman's send-off. And if you're a gentleman and you're giving birth, you do not shit yourself. No. A gentleman never gives birth while shitting himself. He'll do one, giving birth. Yes. But he'll never do Never the other. shit himself. It's or, amazing, actually, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the concept in America really took off around the time of the Civil War and was especially common in the South, where a gentleman's sense of personal honour was taken especially seriously. Mm. Again from the Smithsonian, quote, to the touchiest among them, <laughs> virtually any annoyance could be construed as grounds for meeting at gunpoint. And though laws against duelling were passed in several southern states, the statutes were ineffective. Had they discovered wanking yet? (laughs) Feels like some people need to let off some steam, you know? Ah, you looked at me wrong. I'm going to kill you. Get over it. Go have a wank. You'll be right. Go have a wank. Oh, I just came back from uh, doing what you said I should do and you were right. (laughs) This is awesome. (laughs) Never want to shoot anyone again. With a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Jizzing at dawn. (laughs) Which is at dawn. I demand satisfaction. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There it is. Ten paces. Jesus, you're confident. (laughs) Uh, In these southern states, uh, avoiding a challenge wasn't easy, particularly in the south, where men who refused to duel would be posted 
which is a statement accusing them of cowardice, which would be hung in public areas or published in a newspaper or pamphlet. <laughs> So, toxic masculinity was in newspapers and pamphlets back then. Yeah. Imagine that. Wow. Check out my masculine pamphlet. <laughs> uh, between 1750 and 1850, many men owned dueling pistols just in case they needed them. A specific dueling pistol. Yeah. It's different. It's a different kind of pistol. Yeah. yeah typical weapons were large caliber, smooth bore, flint lock pistols. Oh, you are turning me <laughs> on. I didn't understand any of that, but it sounded mm. sexy. It did sound hot. Yeah. It's sort of those long, thin, very uh, sleek, silver looking ones. Are the sh- they're, you know, yeah, I can picture them. Kept it for a special occasions. So they've been shined up in a special yeah, box. Right. And it turned out many people did need them. Uh, sadly, they often misfired and had terrible accuracy. Was that all part of it? They didn't really want people to die? Yeah. yeah. As soon as they brought out the sniper rifle, you're like, whoa, 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 what? (laughs) What are you doing? Someone's got a bazooka. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, you never said what type of gun. I've got a tank. He's just holding a a thing in his hand. He's like, what's that? Well, I'm just going to call it an airstrike. Obviously. Can you stay still, please? This is the I button need to for ent- the nukes. <laughs> it's entering your coordinates. <laughs> the guy with the football with the nuclear codes walks over, opens the suitcase, and you just type it into a laptop. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. All right. Well, so you're standing in 15 seconds. Uh, in, so they're terrible uh, accuracy, these right. things. In 1836, Congressman Daniel Jennifer of Maryland... <laughs> And oh, Je- I thought that was his middle name. I was like, that's great. That's his last name. Okay. <laughs> it's a great middle name. <laughs> an amazing middle name. Uh, and Jesse A. Bynum of North Carolina. Oh, fun fact about North Carolina. <laughs> their <laughs> fire engines are actually blue. Ah. Well, most of them will be red. Um, there you go. So, yeah, they have them blue. I guess more like the colour of, of uh, water. That actually does Blue make a water. bit more sense. That is yeah. fun. Yeah. Maybe red's actually a bit of a slap in the face <laughs> yeah. for people who are, you know, their houses are burning down and yeah. then a big red truck we turns get, up and the guys it. are all in yellow and orange. Yeah. And it's like... How about wh- some soothing blues? What dicks? Yeah. Let's have some wet colours. Yeah. Bring on those wet colours. <laughs> Soothe me. you got all these hot colours. Give us some wet ones. Give me some wet colours, would you? Are they cool colours? Wet colours. Wet colours. You were right the first time. Thank Never you. doubt yourself. <laughs> Wet colours only, please. Anyway, North Carolina. That was a fun fact. And uh, (laughs) Congressman Daniel Jennifer fought this guy from North Carolina in a duel in Maryland where they reportedly stood 10 feet apart, fired six times apiece and completely missed each other with every shot. Beautiful. (laughs) They decided to call it a draw. Well, I mean, God didn't want either of them to die. Exactly. Is that kind of what they would think? Or are we past that time now? Yeah, I guess so. Or you're like, I only bought six bullets. (laughs) I mean, we've got to go to the shop, Yeah. come back. We're supposed to do this usually at dawn. We'll have to wait till tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Shops don't open till nine. Oh, I'll wait until Sunday, ten. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those bloody shopkeeps love their sleeping. Love their sleeping on a Sunday, don't they? Penalty rates for the staff, that's why. <laughs> have to pay them for as long as you open a bit later. But no, it is good that the staff do make a little bit more yeah, on a Sunday, obviously, because uh, they do have to work on a weekend. But... Um, yeah, anyway, so the, don't have time to wait around, <laughs> go get more. I'll just call it a day. I was just thinking, how good's living? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we both just keep doing that? We're both going to die of typhoid or something yeah. soon anyway. Yeah, Why don't we go have brunch? Let's have brunch and, and rip up these pamphlets with each other's faces in them. Yeah. I don't need to accuse you of doing that. So the accuracy, or I should say 
terrible accuracy mm. and unreliability of the weapons meant that the chance of dying from a duel was actually slim. But certainly not impossible. No, nothing is. And a lot of famous people took part in duels over the years. UK prime ministers, US presidents. Congress Johnson. <laughs> he demands satisfaction. Like that. Uh, congressmen, senators, newspaper editors, sure. prominent artists and writers all defended their honour in this way, some of whom paid the ultimate price. Oh. How much? Like 50 bucks? 60 bucks. Get 60 the fuck bucks. out. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. So the very concept sounds outrageous and almost unthinkable to our modern cultured minds. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to go through some of history's silliest and most unusual jewels that really take it to the next level. (laughs) And uh, we start in France during the Restoration period in the early 19th century, according to Cracked.com. Oh, that's like a comedy website, (laughs) isn't it? I love Cracked. (laughs) A website with more ads than I've ever seen on a website. (laughs) Every third sentence, it's like, continue scrolling for more. And you, like, scroll through an ad. (sighs) (laughs) You really persevered. Yeah, there was about 15 lines on there and it took me an hour to read. Thank you for doing that for us. A lot of scrolling. But according to Cracked.com, there was a bit of tension between officers in Napoleon's army and the better paid Royal Guard. An incident occurred between a colonel named Bavier Dufay and a young royal guard named Raoul. Raoul was offended by something that the colonel said about his outfit and challenged him to a duel. Now, quoting from a book called The Romance of Dueling in All Times and Countries, Volume 2. Oh, love that. (laughs) Sequel, better than the first. The colonel asked him, all right, what weapon, sir? Raoul replied, any you please, rapier. Sword or pistol? The colonel responded, Oh, so you are equally skilled with all weapons. And Raoul said, Skill is not the word, but ignorance, for I have never handled any of them. <laughs> I am equally ignorant yeah, in right. all of them. I'm terrible. I'm probably going to die with any of these, so you take your pick. Yeah, <laughs> I'm can easy. You, can you remind me what a rapier is, Dave? So I think it's a, it's, it is a type of sword, a very mm. thin one, I believe. Yeah, I think that sounds it's, right. They use it, they mention it in uh, Whiskey in the Jar. Ah. First produced my pistol then produced my rapier and i never i always assumed you know figured it was a weapon i yeah. kind of thought it was a kind of gun but it's kind of sword. it's a sword often sword. with a uh, sort of fencing type handle that you sort of uh, yeah grip i'm looking looking it up here slender and sharply pointed two-edged sword popular in western europe there you go so he said use that use a bigger sword use a pistol couldn't care less mate. <laughs> whatever i don't know how to use any of them <laughs> <laughs> It's really funny, actually. All right. Uh, Upon hearing this and discovering that Rahul, the guy challenging him, was only 18 years old, the colonel told him he wouldn't duel him. Yeah, that feels like, uh, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. Are you right. What's that phrase, never fight with a fool, for people who probably won't know the difference? He's like, yeah, okay, you're a kid. Don't worry about it. But Was there a thing like, it's almost like suicide by duel. Yeah. I don't want to do it myself. I'll ask a guy who does this for a living. He's a colonel. He's a colonel, so an experienced uh, soldier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Not a piece of corn. Show me it's not like a full, (laughs) like like a a, a humanoid corn. Half man, half cob. Yeah. Cob man. (laughs) Are we talking about a cob man here? (laughs) I mean, you wouldn't give a shit if they used a rapier, sword, or pistol. (laughs) They don't have any hands. (laughs) He'd be like, yeah, go for it. I've been killing that cob. Chop it open. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, my choice of weapon? Teeth. <laughs> <laughs> how about that? How about a... Have you got any? Nah. I'm coming at you. 
Well, my choice of weapon, bit of butter, bit of salt. <laughs> yum, yum. Bit, bit of pop. My choice of weapon, an oven. <laughs> get in. You fight with two. First one to get the other into an oven. <laughs> <laughs> That's the battle I have with my food every night. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, get in this oven. <laughs> like, no, no. You get in this oven. No. No. Oh, and they're throwing treats in there, <laughs> like like getting hey. a dog to do something. You throw some treats hey, in. Hey, there's some uh, some spearmint leaves in there. <laughs> lollies. Yum, yum. You know the ones with the sugar on the outside? Bit of fun. I don't like spearmint. Hmm. <laughs> Who well, doesn't like spearmint leaves? <laughs> what about this guy's so good. Strawberries and cream. Yeah. Jersey caramels. <laughs> There's little banana rollers that don't really taste like banana, but it's still quite nice. <laughs> Apparently like the old kind of banana. Right? Wild, huh? <laughs> what about these little little corns? <laughs> oh, these... what's this? I'm throwing baby your... corn. Baby Throw... corn. I'm throwing your kids in the oven. <laughs> Better go get them. Better save the babies. <laughs> I did. Speaking of trying to get them into an oven, there was one that I read about, but I couldn't quite get like proper information on. It's referred to as the sack jewel, where two people wanted to marry the same princess, and then they decided to settle it by wrestling each other, and the first one to get the other into a sack. <laughs> very Getting funny. Someone into a yeah, sack. Yes, all right. First one to get funny. him into that sack. Pull the string shot. Great. Let's one get married. One of them was a potato. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> That is so funny. Get the sack. No. No. You've you already lost the love of your life. Now you're in a sack. Yeah, what now, an awful day. But now she has to watch you try to fight and get into a, get each other into a sack. That's like, it would be such a turn off as well. Not that she's probably into either of you, but you both want to marry her. She's and just you, like, look at these She's not into morons. you until you get that guy in a yeah. sack. <laughs> And then she's like, then now she's you get me in the sack. <laughs> and the guy, like, the guy in the sack is dragged to the altar inside the sack so he can just hear the wedding. Uh, does anyone have any objections? <laughs> I can't hear you in the Sorry. sack. Sorry. I, I've heard he's pretty good in the sack. <laughs> pretty good at getting you into a sack, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> Fun little detour we have So, uh, Raul. Sack, what a funny euphemism for bed. Yeah. Especially sexy bed. <laughs> I guess, like, when you're in the bed and the blankets are up around you, it's a bit like a sack, I guess, isn't it? Sexy. An open sack. People, you don't hear it as much anymore. It feels like a real, like, 90s or something. Pretty good. I heard he's pretty good in the sack. Demon in the sack. Demon in the sack. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a good thing? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Demon in the sack. (laughs) Now, so Raul's 18 years old. The colonel said, mate, I'm not fighting you. Mm. But Raul continually called him a coward until the much older and more experienced man acquiesced. He said, all right, fine. Got to fight fight this kid. He's really demanding satisfaction here. He really wants to fight. Uh, First, they fought with swords right there in the streets of Paris. And the colonel was easily able to disarm Raul four times. It was a bit like, mate, do you want any more? Yeah. Desperate, Raul came up with an audacious but very strange plan. <laughs> I like that combo. Desperate for what? <laughs> to try and try and find the upper hand somehow. I was like, all right, swords. I'm obviously not naturally gifted like I assumed I was. Yeah. I thought I could really handle any any weapon. Yeah. So because he he was terribly asked to change weapon. And because they were out in the open, they couldn't use pistols just there on the street. Grenades. <laughs> straight to grenades. Don't worry about shop fronts and small children. They, they started playing slaps. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever play James Bond Goldeneye? 
the yeah. on Nintendo 64, the uh, <laughs> multiplayer mode, and you, you can choose the type of weapon, and one of them is called Slappers Only. So you just got to walk up to each other <laughs> and continually slap until someone dies. <laughs> Slapping. Slap to death. Very funny. What a way to go. <laughs> so he asked to change weapon. Swords are no good with pistols we can't use. A coach happened to pull up on the street and Rahul made a proposal. The proposal was that the two men tie their arms together and then get in the coach and fight with daggers as the coach goes for two laps around the park. <laughs> At the end of which, they would open the doors and see who, if anyone, was still alive. It's a... Uh it, it, I'd be, as the colonel, I'd start thinking, is this his plan all along? <laughs> is he some sort of like a jewel shark? He knows that, yeah, I'm being ripped off here. The coach just had And he's also, let, let's make it a little more interesting yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, double or nothing. All right. My initial thought with coach as well was a man in a matching tracksuit. <laughs> Like a gym coach. Right. So I was like, great. Flying so a push-ups? Are we having a push-up competition or something? I, I, I was thinking, um, I forgot the time, and I thought I was picturing like a, you know, a greyhound bus. Yeah, a big bus. <laughs> the yeah. back of a bus. <laughs> but it's not that. It's there was a horse and carriage yeah. right out the front there in the back, just the two of them. And so tie an arm. Tie, so you sit, they sit in the middle, tie maybe their left arms together. and then well, that's very they, inconvenient for me. Sorry, Dress. And then you each have your right arm to just stab at each other whilst the coach does two laps around the park. That's and fucking stupid. The colonel agreed. Oh my god, colonel! So they're both on the back of Kevin Sheedy, right? <laughs> the back of Kevin. All right, Kevin, two laps around the park. Off you go. Whoever's left. All right, Kevin. <laughs> Hiya. And for some reason, he agreed. Yeah. They, all, right. all right. So they went around the park two times, and people rushed to open the doors, and they found in the back of the carriage a sea. <laughs> Smooching. Yeah. Seven minutes Make in heaven. <laughs> that was their plan all along. That's what it was all about. Get a bit of alone time. Raul was just like, he was just prolonging this because he just wanted to spend more time with the girl. <laughs> yeah. All right, now I've got you alone. What? You're stabbing me. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, no, they opened the doors and they found a sea of blood. Oh. Rahul, the young guy, lay dead and the colonel was gravely wounded. Amazingly, though, he recovered. Wow. He ha- was, however, imprisoned. And again, from the r- Romance of Dueling in All Times and Countries, Volume 2, the police took him in hand and he was condemned to a month's imprisonment. It's not a, not a big sentence. Why was um, he imprisoned? Uh, for killing killing the young man. <laughs> <laughs> You're so cold, Jess. He just killed someone. I see no crime here. <laughs> But, they, but it, yeah, I think Jess and I were both assuming this was a legal <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah. Uh, if killing a man is a crime, <laughs> lock me up. <laughs> that's well, not uh, what I'm saying. And honestly, throw away the key. I've done it quite a few times. <laughs> Put the cuffs on. He's like, sorry, what? But, it, yeah, okay, yeah. For killing is it a because man, it was outside of dueling rules? Yeah, you know, and honestly, it is illegal. Oh. Dueling, yeah. Like, dueling was never legal. They try In several countries and states, it sort of varied on territory and sort of where you were. But at the time, they're in the open in the streets of Paris. Often you'd go out to like the middle of nowhere and at dawn and yeah. then try and get it off before it. Try and get it off. <laughs> try and get each other off. And then, any last wishes? Well, actually. <laughs> then you'd have your fight and then hopefully you'd be back before anyone noticed. Mm. But because of this, they, they, uh, they imprisoned him. And the end of that quote is, during which it appears he was subjected to the greatest of, of indignities. Oh. No idea what that means. but uh, A month. A month in prison. Mm. Oh, doesn't get any more indignant than that. Two months? Oh, my God. Oh, I never even thought about Dave, that. don't. Holy moly. Good heavens, David. <laughs> heavens to Betsy. <laughs> so that's in France. But over in the USA, they were also loving the concept of a duel. And even the president got involved. 
Ooh. Ronald Reagan? Yeah. Love wow. the jewel. Wow. The seventh president of the United States, Andrew Jackson. Ah. Yeah. Andy J. That's what I call him. Fair Disco loves a jewel. He's a he's, he's a, on the ten dollar note. Is he's that a him? wild man. I believe that's uh, Alexander Hamilton. Okay. Because of the song. He's on a ten dollar note. Ten dollar note. Jitterbug. He's on me. He's on a ten dollar note from month of July. From that song? You might think it's Andrew Jackson, but that's not the case. Sometimes he thinks he's on there, but he's at Julian without a care. It's instead Alexander Hamilton, and he's going to feel all right. Spend me up before you go, go, as long as it costs less than ten, no. <laughs> Can you edit that bit out, please? I <laughs> uh, will be, uh... uh. He's on the, but Matt, this is, this is, that was very, uh, Astute of you. He's on the $20 bill, Andrew Jackson. $20 bill. And he looks like Wayne Hope. <laughs> Am I right? Am I thinking the right guy? Wayne Hope. Oh, yes. Yeah. Comedian. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yep. From uh, such fame as The Librarians. Great show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, up in I, When I was in America, I got a, a $20 note. I assumed it was 10 I can't believe I've had it. <laughs> <laughs> American 20? <laughs> 20 USD? <laughs> and I, I, I'm sure I tweeted at him and said, is this you? And he's like, I get that a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, we all know that you're older than time itself. Mm-hmm. And did you know that until... I remember when time was invented. It was a big day. Well, it makes sense then that you probably remember, and this story also makes Wayne Hope quite old, because uh, Andrew Jackson has been on the $20 bill in the past until 1928. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of a different guy then. Oh. 1928. Did I get old money? Do I have... Am I old money? <laughs> I'm showing you this is the guy. He does look like Wayne Home. I can see that. Yeah, that's him. That was until 1928. That's so weird. I got a real old note. <laughs> really, really old note. Wow, awesome. That's strange. Wow. We're learning together here, people. So, uh, Andrew Jackson is on the twenty uh, $20 bill now. Was on the 10 back in Matt's backpacking years in the 1910s. I wonder why he got bumped. Hey, I would be complaining. He had very a very thin skin and temper that made him... Bad quick. for dueling. Oh, thin skin in terms of he was a bit sensitive? Oh, oh yeah. Or Not like a medical bullets, condition. <laughs> bullets will be able to enter it even easier. <laughs> Go straight through him. Do not touch my skin. Paper skin. It made him quick to challenge people to duels. Yeah, right. Very short temper. Over Oops. his lifetime, Therapy. Jackson challenged over 100 of his foes to duels. That's too many. This didn't mean he went toe-to-toe with 100 people. For the most part, people would stand and fire their gun in the air or purposely miss, making the duel more about a test of courage when one's honour was at stake. But many of the duels he fought or challenged for were in defence of his wife, Rachel, who was a frequent object of ridicule and malicious rumours after she married Jackson when thinking she was divorced from her first husband. They were on a break. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Turns out she was still married to the first husband Who was a piece of shit And um, people accused her of bigamy And they often made jokes at her expense And Andrew Jackson, the second husband's expense And he'd be like, that's it Ten paces at dawn <laughs> could, could you get divorced back then? Apparently so Interesting. Or apparently not, because she didn't <laughs> Sure 
1788, Jackson was a young lawyer who was frustrated when his in-court opponent, attorney called Why Still Avery. Why Still? Why Still? Why Still Avery? <laughs> I don't know. I just am. <laughs> I can't get rid of it. <laughs> My family name. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, Jackson was annoyed because Why Still was outsmarting him in the courtroom. Oh, dear. Jackson found himself particularly frustrated by Avery frequently proclaiming, well, I, I refer to Bacon, meaning Francis Bacon's noted text, The Elements of the Common Laws of England. So you'd, you'd challenge something and you'd be like, well, I refer to Bacon. Hmm? What about that? And then Jackson was getting really pissed off with this. Jackson decided to replace a copy of the book that Avery carried in his bag with actual Bacon. When Avery criticised Jackson for pulling a childish stunt, Jackson leapt to his feet and challenged the man to a duel. How dare you call me a child for putting bacon in your bag? He <laughs> 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 was the president. <laughs> he, went, well, he went on to become, went on to become president. president. Yep. Wild. Incredible. So that night they met, by which time things had cooled down a bit, including the bacon, presumably, and they both just shot into the air, so... Baffling. No one was hurt. But that's not how it always went. In 1806, an American attorney and experienced duelist accused Jackson of being a coward via a statement in the newspaper. Oh, which yeah. Which you could do back then. From then on, it was only a matter of time before the two went head-to-head in a duel. Uh, the other man's name is Dickinson. Bit of a Dickinson. Okay. Uh, dueling was illegal in Tennessee where they were, but not in Kentucky, so they decided to duel just a little bit over the border. Right. Basically, you'd step in a, f- you know, a few meters, and they're like, "All right, legal. Here we go." So, um, when they both shot into the air, the last one, their guns. I'm assuming <laughs> they, um, <laughs> what had did, was, were they both just trusting that the other was going to do the same, or yes, because I think often because you would draw who would often sometimes you'd shoot who would shoot first, and say I'm shooting you. <laughs> who shoots first? <laughs> I thought it was like. You you count it out. Do you turn and shoot? Yeah. Well, you, you you do do that, but I. That's one you don't want to be going second. Some, but sometimes, tactically, you let the other person shoot first to see what they're going to do. <laughs> what if what they're going to yeah, do is it's kill a, you? It's a real risk. But but if they shoot, because you don't want to be, if they shoot in the air, you look like a bit of a coward if you still shoot them. Yes. Which some people still you did, and they were often criticised for it. Especially if they miss. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what were you that, thinking? Come on. <laughs> But yeah, often tactically, you'd turn and you'd shoot. And if it looked like you were going for me, I, I'd shoot next. And the rule is that you have to stand still while I take my shot at you if you've already taken your shot. Right. So you shoot, which, oh. which is what happens in this instance because Dixon or Dickinson, the other guy to Jackson, was considered an expert shot. So future President Jackson and his friend Thomas Overton determined... I'm, I think he's going to survive. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Great point. Well, they determined it would be best to let Dickinson fire first, hoping that he might rush it and miss. Of course, that's a huge risk. But he's it's a great a, shot. He's a very good shot, Because yeah. if he takes his time, you're almost certainly going to die. So you right. try and rush the other guy, make him think you're shooting, so he shoots first and then he misses and you go, ha, 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 my right. turn. So Dickinson fired first and he didn't miss. Instead, he hit Jackson right in the chest. Amazingly, though, Jackson, who was a very... <laughs> it just seems like this whole thing was 
ill-advised. <laughs> oh, he's an expert shot, yeah? Well, I challenge him to a duel. Yeah. <laughs> first mistake. And I'm going to let him shoot first, and I'm going to stand very still and quietly while he does that. <laughs> With a target on my chest, yeah. which I've drawn. <laughs> Amazingly, Jackson did not die, and he was still, in fact, able to return fire. The rules of dueling meant that Dickinson had to stand still as Jackson took his own shot. Jackson's pistol stopped at half cock, so he drew back the hammer and aimed again, this time hitting Dickinson in the chest, and Dickinson died on the scene. Oh. It was later discovered that Dickinson, who was the superior shot, had aimed at Jackson's heart, but a brass button had deflected Whoa. the bullet. Whoa. It did hit Jackson. Doctors determined that the bullet was still lodged in Jackson's chest, but it was too close to his heart to operate, so Jackson carried it around for the rest of his life and suffered much pain from the wound. Oh, that Ow. would have been annoying going through customs. Fucking hell. Every time you've got to be like, I've got, a, I've got a bullet in my heart. It's like my dad has to carry a little card with him that says he's got, um, like, fake hips because he sets off all the um, right. all the oh. senses and stuff. I wonder if they give you a little card for that. Bullet. <laughs> bullet in my heart. Jeweled. Little bullet in my chest. Yeah. So. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. They've got cards for everything these days. <laughs> uh, yeah, get out of jail free card. <laughs> Hello. So did he go to jail? No, because it was legal in Kentucky. Yeah, that's right. So you do it over the border. So there's little loopholes like that kind of thing. Oh. Uh, Andrew Jackson was a bit of a piece of shit, but he's a very <laughs> tough old man. He also survived the first assassination attempt on a sitting president. Oh, shit. So, yeah. Button got in the way again. God, he's, yeah. he's honestly covered in buttons. <laughs> it's essentially a shield. He's yeah. wearing like armor he's made of buttons. Mail. Yeah. <laughs> he looks stupid. He looks really dumb. But uh, doing up his shirt took forever. <laughs> so long. And then he'd get he'd get him out of order. <laughs> he'd get to the bottom. Oh, otherwise he'd I do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, oh, but God. you're an idiot. Yes. <laughs> I also line up where the tag is on the back of my jumper and go, all right, here we go. That's the back. Here we go. Head in and, oh, how is this backwards? <laughs> Multiple times. Multiple. You are 30 years old. <laughs> Nearly 31. <laughs> One day I'll learn. No, you won't. So he survived the first uh, assassination attempt on a sitting president, a man who would not survive an assassination attempt, Abraham Lincoln, who we've talked about with John Wilkes What? Himself. <laughs> He also narrowly avoided, avoided a duel with swords when he uh, apologised to an Illinois state official he'd ridiculed in a local newspaper. Ah, so he's learning some humility, mm. sort of. Sort I of mean, he's still, he's still going at him, but he backed down. <laughs> he didn't seem like a back-downing type. Lincoln? Yeah, apparently he did. Uh, fans of Hamilton, I've written here, will know that the... Potential U.S. presidents and founding fathers also fought duels. Famously, Aaron Burr, then vice president, and Alexander Hamilton, the $10 founding father without a father, fought a duel in 1804, which I actually I don't want to go into. I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen the musical. Wait, sorry. I'm, I've just got this on delay. That was Lincoln who backed down. Yeah. But, yes. I thought we were still talking about <laughs> Wayne Hope. Oh, no, no, no. It but was Lincoln. So, so a, a future president. He seems like the kind of guy who would definitely be humble. I don't know and why. And would have apologised. Four score and some time ago. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Is it seven years? Oh, damn it. Well, sometime covered that. Yes. You're right. Yeah, he's not wrong. Why could did have you been, me Could there? have been seven seconds ago. It's still some time, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's been some time since we started why having this argument. Why did you dog me like that, Dave? <laughs> I challenge you <laughs> to a duel. Okay. What, what weapon of choice? save yourself. Are we having a oh, kar- karaoke duel? A jewel duel. I wish I knew some of her songs. Was that one of them? That was one. 
Oh, I didn't even recognize that one. I think that's a big one. And you want to do my hands? I listened to, to yeah, hands? I'll do my hands. Um, I listened to a bit of Jewel when writing this report. At the, and um, the the most played song, I couldn't stand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she was in key. <laughs> she was warbling all over the place. That's interesting. How many records have you sold? Um, yeah, so shut your mouth. Yeah. I, I thought that, but I quite liked the song My Hands. But that wasn't the biggest one. But uh, the other one, yeah. Ooh. I've never <laughs> heard of My Hands. You don't know that song? No. My hands are small, I know, but they're <laughs> not, not yours. They are my own. Do you know that one? Oh, maybe that's the big one, is it? No, the, uh, the one that was biggest on Spotify, which I did recognise. I think you, what you were singing was probably the same song. <laughs> that was my hands. I think so. <laughs> Sorry, Matt, I'm really bad at deciphering your song. I think it's just I'm... called Hands. Oh, you were meant for me. Yeah. You were meant for me. And, and I, I was meant for you. All over the place. You, you should see a video of <laughs> Jewel and Jessica Simpson singing together. It's very funny. Because <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh no. Nah, it's real bad. Uh, so I, th- I just thought I'd mention the Burr Alexander Hamilton duel because I know that's probably the most in vogue one, and I thought people would freak out <laughs> if I didn't mention it. So it's in the, vogue. It's so in vogue. But it's not silly enough for this report. It's in the zeitgeist. Uh, of the men who signed the Declaration of Independence, everyone makes a big deal about old mate John Hancock and his big fancy signature. But the award for best name has to go to Button Gwinnett. Oh. You know the man that signed the Declaration of Independence in the US? His name was Button Gwinnett. Button Gwinnett. That's got to be one of the all-timers. Yeah, Yeah. that's an all-time. He sounds bulletproof. Button Gwinnett. Gwinnett. And I bring him up not just because of his fantastic name, but because of his death, which was as the result of a duel. (gasps) Uh, His sworn rival, Lachlan McIntosh, called him a scoundrel and lying rascal and refused to apologise. Button challenged him to a duel, and the two shot each other at 12 paces. McIntosh survived, and even though it was only a thigh wound for Button, he died of, died of gangrene three days later. Ooh. Dang. Which is a, a common story, which brings Dangrene. me... Gangrene. Gangrene. <laughs> 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 oh, good on delay. Love it. Uh, which brings me to another duelist, Humphrey Howarth. Ooh. A British MP, Humphrey Howarth. Humphrey Howarth. <laughs> you picked up a lisp there. Hum. Humpy Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Humphrey by name. Humphrey by nature. <laughs> he uh, and the Earl of... My, my dog's name is Humphrey and I can't say it. Uh, Humphrey Howarth and the Earl of Barrymore, who according to historycollection.com, got into a drunk, drunken disagreement at the Brighton races in 1806. Apparently they were both big drinkers. They decided the best course of action was to have a duel. So they agreed to their location, faced back to back, and then Humphrey Howarth... Humphrey Howarth did what no one expected. He started stripping off. <laughs> and he got completely naked. Strip, ju- strip dueling. <laughs> Which sounds pretty absurd, but however, it actually makes some sense. Howarth had served as a surgeon in the British East India Company. He knew that most victims of shooting at the time didn't die from the bullet itself, but from an infection that often developed oh. from embedded shreds of dirty clothing that the bullet forced oh, inside the amazing. body. Amazing. What's your clothing then? <laughs> Yuck. Fucking hell, mate. Come on. He figured if, if he was naked, this was unlikely to happen and that letting it all hang out dramatically increased his chance of survival. Wow. That's clever. 
His opponent, the Earl of Barrymore, decided that he didn't want to be known as the guy who shot the naked dude, so he decided to back down and the duel was called off. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think I think getting naked really really puts things in perspective for a lot of people. People still do that, like you'll see drunken fights where one guy just rips his shirt off. <laughs> And you're like, instinctively. Why? I guess it's just going back to yeah. the lessons learned yeah. in the past. You're you don't getting those dirty cloths in someone there. to, yeah, punch the, your <laughs> T-shirt into you. <laughs> Ow! Oh, that's going to get infected. Fuck. <laughs> punch your T-shirt into you. So MPs and the like actually have quite a history of duelling. Not one but two UK prime ministers have fought duels. On the 27th of May, 1798, at the height of the war between Britain and revolutionary France, Prime Minister William Pitt fought a duel in London with George Tierney, a member of Parliament. Is that Pitt the Elder? You know, the Simpsons argument with Barney had with one of the baseball players. On Pitt the, the Elder! Pitt the Elder! Lord Palmerston! Pitt the Elder! Well, this is Pitt the Younger. Ooh. You remember that bit? Vaguely, they were yeah. arguing for some reason. Barney was having a drunken argument with a baseball player, who the best I think who the best British prime minister yeah. was. <laughs> Lord Palmerston, yeah. Pitt the, the elder. elder. And then he you got it, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, these days, it's taken for granted that members of parliament talk shit about each other in the House of Commons. You know, they're always shooting their mouths off at each I other. I love it. George Tierney, however, took a comment made by the Prime Minister as a comment on his personal courage and, quote, desire to obstruct the defence of the country, as he was Treasurer of the Navy at the time. There was only one way to settle, settle this matter, and that was a duel. The duel took place on a Sunday, which is usually a day of rest, and this generated much criticism against Prime Minister Pitt. Imagine being the Prime Minister. You're fighting someone to the death, and you're criticised not because of that, but because you chose to do it on a Sunday. Yeah. Pick the right day, mate. Uh, when it came down to it, though, both parties fired and missed. According to historyhouse.co.uk, one of my favourite websites. It was observed at the time that it was slightly unequal as Pitt was a very thin man, whilst Tierney was very fat, thus making him a much larger target. But satisfaction met on both sides after they missed. The two men withdrew. Okay. Yeah, right. So what does that prove at that point? Or is that them going, ooh, I almost died? That was silly. Yeah, I risked my life for this. I've got my uh, you know, our honor is intact. God clearly didn't want either of us to kill the other right. man. Mm. Let's go back to so it. So the honor's intact. Well, surely the honor's intact before the duel as well, or they they think their honor has been. Yeah, by calling him, saying that he's uh, putting the country at risk. Right. That's a uh, uh, you know accusing him of having bad character. Nothing's changed apart from they've both shown they're not good at shooting guns. Mm. Yeah, but they were w- willing to risk it. Right, for the biscuit. For their honour. Okay, the biscuit. <laughs> uh, the second prime Dave, minister... would you risk it for the biscuit? Uh, yes, I would. What kind of biscuit? Oh, Monte Carlo. Oh, the king of biscuits. Yeah. Yes, please. Oh, I love Monte Carlo. My favourite favorite all-time biscuit, I think. Yeah, me oh, too, wow. I Yeah. Far out. What's your favourite? Oh, don't put me on the spot like that. What kind of biscuit are we talking? Oh, you guys are talking like... We're talking like Arnott's family assorted. Yeah. Well, sort of creams. I would be going for like a, a shortbread cream. Oh yeah, right, okay. Oh, they're a they're a fine biscuit, <laughs> bit dry for me. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you know, there's so many great biscuits. teddy bear biscuits. Teddy bear biscuits are fine again, yeah. pretty dry. A pretty dry one. Delta cream, Delta cream, almost uh, Oreo like. Yeah, not the worst. Yeah, <laughs> not yep. the worst. Orange slice. But if uh, we're talking chucky bicky, 
Chocolate, oh, uh, mint, uh, mint slice. Yep, great choice. Caramel well, crown, caramel very good. Very good Tim Tam. Tim Tam, you oh, can't beat a Tim Tam. You can't beat a Tim Tam. All the variations. Double coated Double coat, yeah, double yeah, coat. Uh, oof. I thought you couldn't improve on perfection, yeah. and then they made double coat, and it's like, oh, shit, you can. I feel yeah. like you nearly... can't have as many of them. Mm. Like, you could smash a lot of normal Tim Tams, original Tim Tams, but double coat, you're like, mm, one or two, thanks. And that's probably a good thing. What about... The iced vovo. No, the big one for me as a kid. But they got coconut on them. Coconut, hate marshmallow coconut. and jam. Yeah, the marshmallow and jam fan hate coconut. Right, sprinkle, sprinkle coconut. And even a little bit of coconut makes everything taste like coconut, so I don't like it. Yeah, but so I'm, you would you wouldn't risk for it for you. that biscuit. No, I would not. No, risk I don't. I don't. I, I don't eat marshmallows really. Of course. But I. I loved them as a kid, mm. but I, don't, I think they'd be too sweet for me now. Anyway, that was a fun little episode really fun. of Risk It for the Biscuit. Oh, yeah. I had vegan marshmallows recently, and they were actually delicious. Ooh. So there you go. Anyway. I'm listening. That's my. That's, oh, that's, that's it. Um, thanks for joining us on another episode of Risk It for the Biscuit. Now, back to the jewel. I just wanted to mention the other Prime Minister that jeweled so on was the. Prime Minister in 1829, Arthur Wellesley, who jeweled the Earl of Winchelsea. Uh, a staunch Protestant who was annoyed with the Prime Minister passed an act to allow Catholics to sit in the Parliament. The Prime Minister... They had to stand before. They <laughs> had to kneel. Or kneel. Oh, it's a long, <laughs> long day. The Prime Minister fired first and missed, possibly on purpose, at which point the Earl of Winchelsea fired into the air. Honour was saved and Winchelsea wrote the Prime Minister an apology. Oh, that's oh. nice. There you go. Now, most the most common... Such jewelry- a weird step in this. Just get straight to the apology. Yeah. Just talk it out. Or is it that that's him going, oh, I didn't realise you were man enough to shoot and miss. Mm. So now you have my respect. Yeah, honestly, they, you started respecting each other. Sometimes the people became great friends after it. Right. It's like, hey, so, we so went through sad. something together. Yeah. Oh, it's so weird, isn't it? I feel like you can skip that step. What about one-on-one basketball or something? <laughs> yeah. Shirts versus skins. <laughs> That nude guy is ready to go. One on one, but you still need to know who's on whose team. <laughs> oh, who do I pass it to? Oh, not you. You're not wearing a shirt. Okay. Uh, ooh, ooh, the okay. ring. <laughs> oh, I pass, yeah, pass it to the ring. Now, the most common dueling weapon was swords. Then pistols took over. Obviously, basketball was much later. <laughs> but it wasn't always so limited. Some people like to think outside the box, JP. Okay. Back to France in 1843. Bazookas. When in the commune of, uh, I wish, in commune of Mason Four. Two men named Lafont and Melfont got into an argument whilst playing billiards. Obviously, it's a pretty heated game at the best of times, Snooker. Yeah, yeah. They decided to end their argument the honourable way <laughs> with a duel. Just argue, like, argue, settle your argument by you've whoever ar- wins. You've already got a game there. <laughs> Literally doing it. It's a it. competition here. Oh. Dave, did you just say billiards and then call it Snooker? Aren't yeah. they two different games? Yeah. Is that uh, the same game? No, I think it's... I tried to use a colloquial term there, but I also thought, oh no, some big fan's going to say. Um, I'm just. <laughs> no, it's just, uh, I'm like, I, I didn't. If that was true, I would have learnt something. Because no, I'm not sure. But it's not true, so you learnt nothing. And then there's pool. They're like three games that look the same. Yeah. Sort of. I don't understand the difference at all. And I think pool's it, the one with the bigs and smalls. Okay. And then snooker or billiards are the ones with like. Stars and stripes. Stars and stripes. <laughs> All the different colours and, and, the, and they get balls. put back on the... Yeah, lots of red balls and they get put back on the table. Got to hit a red one in, then a coloured one, and then we're 
Oh. Different moments. Okay. I'm fading out of some sort. There you go. So anyway, they were playing uh, a bi- game. Billiards is the is the game. Great. They decided to duel, but um, <laughs> they thought that the weapon that best. It- <laughs> well, I just love what your performance when you do survive. You're the, I think, maybe the only one of us who performs during a report. But um, <laughs> what happened next? Yeah. I must admit. But uh, it didn't quite go to plan. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I appreciate that you think that I did that on purpose, but I just lost my spell. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, dramatic pause as I find. As I desperately scroll. Yeah, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to perform my next uh, my next report. I'm going to really razzle-dazzle you. So walking around the room. Yeah. I'm going to do voices. Yeah, it's going to be sick. The sentence I was trying to look for was, however, they thought the weapon that best fit their situation was neither gun nor sword, but billiard balls. Oh, okay. in a sock? Better this one. <laughs> Why not the sticks? Why not the cues? I know. Just bash each other with the cues. Well, they decided to have a duel where they... Taken in turns throwing the balls at each other. <laughs> they took their 12 paces sure. and agreed to stay still whilst the other threw their ball. Matt, could you throw a billiard ball 12 paces? <laughs> oh, wait, there's like 24 paces. Could you throw it that far? Yeah. Could you? I'll, hey, I'll, Matt? I was around in this period. <laughs> Dave? No. I'd take, I'd take <laughs> that over the gun, I reckon. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that would, I mean, it really land him in, yeah, in the head or the nads. <laughs> the second head. Either of those would be brutal. Mm. Well, Molfon drew the long straw and chose to throw first. He even said, I'm going to kill you with my first throw. Oh, that's a big call. Well, he threw his first ball. It hit Lonfon square in his forehead oh. and he died instantly. Oh. Yeah, that's fine. Honestly, how do you stand still? I would definitely <laughs> oh. go, let the yeah, last second just move my head. Yeah. Oh, And forever live as a coward. <laughs> Rather than die with honour there and then. <laughs> Malfon won the duel, but he wasn't able to celebrate long as he was subsequently arrested and tried for willful murder and was convicted of manslaughter. Oh. So there you I go. mean, <laughs> I went like, oh, oh. but yeah, he, he did that. He, he killed someone with, yeah. with, with a ball. That's crazy. That's a, I mean, it's a great throw. Oh, yeah, amazing. That's already life. Yeah. It's just a, There would be a little part of you that was like, that was kind of, that was awesome. I clocked it. I'd feel awful. I'd feel great. Yes. The whole way I'd be like, that's got him. Yeah. You know yeah. when you just know when you've chucked it? Yeah. You're like, oh, you're like, oh, oh that's, that's going in. Flush. Holy yeah. shit, hole in one here. And yeah. then, but then as soon as he goes down, you're like, oh, some ah. regret about that. Yeah. Some yeah. regret. But that fleeting moment while you're watching it and just when it does hit him right in the head, that those little moments of like, what? That's nice. Yeah. And you're wondering, is it appropriate to pull my shirt over my head and run around like, <laughs> like I just got a goal? Is that appropriate? Can I do a cartwheel? Is that is that inappropriate? If you are thinking this is what God wanted, yeah. which is a wild thought, for you to be like, yeah, I believe in God, create everything. Yeah. He wants me to kill this love. guy with a billiard ball. Yeah. That works in strange ways. <laughs> like, ah. Uh. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Well, it should be noted that jewels were not just limited to men. Oh, thank God. Lady jewels. They're more psychological. They're more bedazzled. <laughs> In 1792, we come to what's known as the petticoat duel. Yeah, where we, um, they would uh, flick each other's bra straps. Ow! <laughs> Don't! It all started over afternoon tea. Of course it did. Mrs. Elphinstone, an upper-class woman was visiting the house of Lady Braddock when, according to HistoryCollection.com, Mrs. Elphinstone made some pretty rude comments to her host. She said, quote, You have been a very beautiful woman. You have a very good autumnal face even now. But you must acknowledge that the lilies and roses are somewhat faded. Forty years ago, I am told, a young fellow could hardly gaze upon you with impunity. So 40 years ago, you were cute. You're an absolute banger. Yeah. You see, the problem is that Lady Braddock had only recently turned 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but back then, 30 yeah. was 70. That is, that makes that a pretty funny line. 40 years I'm, ago. I'm told 40 years ago. Boys could not take their eyes off you. So she's implying that she's like, she looks double her age. She demanded a duel. The women opted to resolve the spat by duelling in London's Hyde Park, a place that we've all been together. <laughs> you know that? Yeah. Oh, that we, didn't, we didn't realise. We didn't realise what, what, we, what we had. What history had been there. Yeah. Uh, both women fired their pistols but missed. Mrs. Elphinstone managed to knock her, op- her opponent's hat off, which meant she was going for a headshot. <laughs> Were they little lady pistols? Small and pink and, and light. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, pla- of course. mostly plastic because they're too heavy otherwise. I feel like that's the perfect shot. That's knocking the hat off the head. You don't kill anyone. You've shown how close you could have got. And I think that's that's the that's the great result. But what about the risk of... Especially if you go, 
I'm going to knock that hat off your head. Mm. But if you shoot... A 70-year-old woman... You shoot them in the face and you go, I only meant the hat. I actually went was going for the hat. Which is actually a huge insult because that hat was this season and brand new, you know? It would have been devastating to lose that hat. That's all I wanted was just to devastate her. (laughs) Well, according to the good people at Britannica... The duel could have ended at that point when the hat was on the ground, but the women decided to try their hands at swords. After receiving a wound to her arm, Elphinstone, who'd made the, the rude comments, said that she would write a letter of apology. Okay. So she backed down. The one who wrote the rude... Uh, yeah, she said, said the rude, rude stuff. She got stabbed and went, uh, actually, I apologise. Well, if, I mean, is, is that what's happened here is she's like, God did not like me saying that. Am I putting too much into the God stuff? I think a bit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it's just interesting. She gets cut and she goes, oh, oh yeah, no, I was oh, obviously yeah. wrong. I guess I was being a dick by saying you used to be hot and now you're fugly and you're only 30. I guess I was a bit mean. Of yeah, me. I guess that really wasn't worth dying for. Maybe I was a bit hungry, you know? Yes. Has anybody ever thought maybe they were just a bit hungry? Oh, I'm always a bit hungry. I know. I'm thinking about lunch right now. That's why I'm nearly always a bit of a douche. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and that's why I'm always like, you guys want to get some food? <laughs> Have you ever read a review and thought, gosh, I'd love to slap that person? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, in 1870, French modernist painter Edouard Manet lived every artist's dream after he took offence over art critic Louis Edmond Durante's review of two of his paintings. Upon encountering him at a cafe, Manet slapped the critic and the two men agreed to a duel. They elected to use swords and Emile Zola served as Manet's second. Durante, the... Reviewer was wounded in the chest, at which point it was declared that Manet's honour had been restored. I mean, I keep going through this, but it's a weird system. It's a very odd system. Imagine seeing someone who's just giving your show half a star in a cafe and it's going, right! (laughs) (laughs) And then stabbing them in the chest. And then your honour being restored after that. I mean, the show still sucks. Yeah, (laughs) but nobody thinks that anymore. I mean, you know, that, that reviewer... Still mistakenly thinks the show yeah, sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody else is like, ah, oh, well, now I think Matt's great. <laughs> also, it's best to usually like bury a b- bad review. But now everyone's writing about how you stabbed your reviewer. Yeah. <laughs> Bring a lot of attention to that first review. Uh, he's not the only famous artist to be involved in a duel. Alexander Pushkin, considered by many to be the greatest Russian poet and the founder of Russian, uh, modern Russian literature, died after being wounded in a duel against his wife's lover. He had first heard of the affair when he received a letter that announced that he'd been elected to, quote, the most serene order of cuckolds. Oh. Said, you're a cuck. He's being cucked (laughs) with flowery language. Hey, congrats. You're a cuck. You're a cuck. And he read that and went, sorry, what? (laughs) And apparently he went to his wife and she said, no, that's not true. And he even met the man that was apparently having the affair with his wife. And they got on well enough that he went, no worries. And the guy ended up marrying Pushkin's wife's sister, so became his brother-in-law. And they were all getting along. But apparently the affair was continuing. And it got to a point where people were ridiculing him so much, he said, right, I've got to challenge this guy to a duel. And the other guy killed him. Oh, oh the, the ultimate cuck. <laughs> and now the other guy has both of them, oh, both women. Both, that's the worst story I've ever heard. <laughs> and that's like the greatest Russian poet, cut down in his prime at 37 because of that. Who knows what, he, what more he could have written? <laughs> so baffling. Hey, here's a letter. You're a cuck. 
Hey, <laughs> woohoo! Uh, Mark Twain, famous American writer, agreed to a duel with James Laird, the publisher of a rival paper. Twain had accused him of not following through on his promise to give money to a charity. Uh, but Twain was a terrible shot, like really bad. He even got lessons from his second, Stephen Gillis, to try and get better at it. According to Britannica here, quote, Shortly before Laird, his opponent, was to arrive for the duel, Gillis, his second, shot a bird and then informed Laird's supporters that Twain had killed the animal from a distance of 30 feet. Seeing this, the nervous Laird subsequently ag- agreed to call off the duel. Uh-huh. Now, some have wondered whether the great writer Twain put a bit of mayo in this story, but uh, apparently the rest of his life he proudly told people this story. Yeah, right. So the guy was like, holy shit, you're a great shot. I don't want to challenge him. Mate, but he wasn't at all. If you only had the choice of Dave and I for a second, who would you choose? I figure, I, I don't know if I was paying attention when you explained what a second is. The second is essentially just the one who goes and, like, negotiates. Oh. Yeah, they, they try to, to, uh, to call off the duel early on. Hundred percent, Dave. Yeah. To me, yeah. Not me. I'd just I'd back down immediately. No, I think I you'd could... do the opposite. You'd be like, "Nah, fuck this, nah, no, we're not calling off the duel, Matt. Get in there." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that, that no, asshole. You want some? You want someone a bit conniving, right? Someone who can. <laughs> he says, "Looking at me." <laughs> yeah, I no, didn't I'm mean not to sure. start it. I'm not sure which. I feel like I'd be better as a second than a first. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd pick you as a second. So maybe you can be the first, Jess. You yeah. can be the one in the line of fire. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll I'll get you. Yeah, out yeah. Of you're yeah. the you're the professional best man. You've been best man more than anyone I've ever met. <laughs> I reckon you are everyone's I'll, second. I'll shoot a dog and say that Jess shot the dog <laughs> from close range. <laughs> She's cruel. <laughs> you know what? Her own dog. You don't, you don't want to fuck with her. And then I'll be like, Matt, why did you shoot my dog? Hey, well, saved get, your life. Got you out of this duel. <laughs> To shoot my dog. She shot it. She, she shot, shot it. it. Put bullet, get barrel right to the was, throat of this thing. Yeah, it was honestly. It was full on. <laughs> it, was, it was wild. Whoa. Nah, but it, it would have all been faked. Oh, Don't yeah. worry. A little Pebbles or whatever its name is would be <laughs> running free. Pebbles is fine. What's Thank his name God. Honey. Goose. Goose. <laughs> Goose. What's my dog called? Humphrey B. Forbear. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. This has got favourites. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Uncle Matt's got a favourite, doesn't he? <laughs> All right, mate. Well, I've only really met Humphrey. I yeah, don't true. think I've met Goose. Nah. But I do. I If you if I had a little more time, I would have remembered Goose's name. Mm. Almost. A little more time. Can I have a bit of thinky time? <laughs> yeah. Can I find a friend? I'm going to call Jess. <laughs> Jess, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was going to call Goose. What? Buddy, what's your name again? Come on, speak up. <gasps> Bruce. Is it Bruce? <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. That's all right. Finally, we get to the duel that made me want to write this whole report in the first place. Ah. Uh, at first, it was just going to be a Patreon bonus episode about this duel, and I started writing it over a year ago, and I found oh so much more. Amazing. In uh, 1783, the Montgolfier brothers launched the first manned hot air balloon flight. Little did they know on that day that in just 25 years' time, people would be using their machines to kill each other. That's right. The final duel is the hot air balloon duel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It involved two Frenchmen, Monsieur or Monsieur de Grandpré and Monsieur de Pique. Both had been seeing the same woman, a renowned dancer at the Paris Opera. Hmm. They've been, oh, they've been, both been dating Senior, the same. Yeah. yeah, and they found out about each other and went, hang on a hang second. Hang on a second. 
All right. Well, I think this makes more sense because you got a big target, so you just have to shoot the one of the balloons. Correct. That's this makes way more sense, but it also means probably both of them will die because the one going down. Yeah, it can still be shooting. <laughs> yeah, firing own. off. Well, fuck you, mate. <laughs> fuck you. Uh, the idea was that the winner of the duel would win her dainty manicured hand, or as it was described, small hand, <laughs> as Jewel would have described. Yeah. It. <laughs> Uh, as uh, Mademoiselle Tiravit, who is the dancer, she would bestow her smiles on the survivor, it was said. I don't know if she's agreed to this, but they're like, all right, I'll kill him and then you'll be with me, right? Why would you risk your life for someone who's cheated on you? Yeah, why is she cheating? Or maybe they maybe they were just in the early early days. Oh, yeah, she's still just, just you know, testing the waters for yeah, both. maybe. And so, Well, okay, in that case for her, she'd be like, this is a bit full on. Yeah, I've been well, on, like, two dates with you guys. We're, we're throwing a lot, a, lot of, a lot of terms here. Yeah. Boyfriend. I don't even know your lover. surname. Yeah, what? We haven't met family. It was like... weird. I must say, it was weird on the first date when you said, I would die for you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, now you're doing it. I thought that was a bit full on, but I let it slide because you'd been pretty nice the rest of the time. But now I'm seeing that was a red flag. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. So, but they these Sorry, two men. Sorry, flag rouge. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make it clear for you? Very. <laughs> it's flag, flag in French. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so, fucking know. So they agreed to the hot air balloon duel. Uh, each flew a hot air balloon two thousand feet into the air above Paris. They then pulled out their weapon of choice, which is a blunderbuss. A blunderbuss. And began firing. What is a blunderbuss? One of those ones that's like a, how can I describe? A short, large caliber barrel. So it shoots big shrapnel. Is that that kind of thing? Yeah, it, it looks a bit like um, like a wooden. See that there? One of those uh, ones. yep. With a, looks like it. It's part part uh, trumpet. With a, yeah, with a big opening at the end to try yeah. and fire out a real, real large bullet. Now, they, uh, they pulled out their weapon of choice, as I said, not, and they began firing, not at each other directly, but as Matt predicted, at each other's balloons. The idea was that the winning shot would hit their opponent's balloon, which in turn would cause gas to escape and bring the blimp and its doomed occupants down in a crumpled heat of humiliating defeat. And I say occupants because <laughs> they had their second fly the balloon whilst they shot. Right. Which meant that whoever lost would be falling down, but also would take their second with them. Oh they they also each had their dog. Yeah. <laughs> so just to make it extra tragic. <laughs> was Blunderbuss the name of a of a Jack White album? Am I remembering that right? I think that's I the first know. time I heard the term Blunderbuss, but I might be making up. This feels like a really dumb idea. Yeah. It is. I'm looking it up. It is an album, Matt, from 2012. Also, it just feels like, to me, and yeah, it just feels like there's such a risk of everyone dying. Mm. Is it one shot, then the other shots? Because if they're both shooting at the same time, it's a big target. Mm. Keep going. According to the local press at the time, the two men chose hot air balloons because they felt that they possessed higher intellectual properties than normal men. Yeah. They're like, I strongly disagree. So they want to be literally higher. Yeah, that on-ground shit. Come on. That's for that's for dummies. Yeah, that's for me. We're super smart, so we're going to fight from balloons. Uh, the story is covered in Vintage News, who write, The cords securing the balloons to the ground were cut, and the balloons ascended into the air as a crowd of curious spectators, many of whom simply thought they were watching a friendly balloon race, started cheering. <laughs> go! Go! <laughs> a balloon race. 
Yeah. Oh, they didn't have much on back then, did they? <laughs> they were about 70 metres apart and DePique fired first, but failed somehow to hit his opponent's very, very large target. Unfortunately for him, his opponent, De Grandpa, was much more accurate. And so DePique and his co-pilot plummeted to their deaths. <gasps> Again, from Vintage News, when the balloon hit the ground, they were, as one observer, somewhat indelicately described it, quote, dashed to pieces on a housetop. Oh, oh so they, just, they also uh, ruined a house. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it just the, the uh, most wild and absurd thing? So stupid. Honestly, there's so many jewels and I couldn't get to them all. And I apologise in advance or now if I haven't covered your favourite jewel. At all. <laughs> Everyone's got their favourite jewel. Favorite. What's your favourite jewel? Mine's a scientist. <laughs> When two scientists couldn't agree. <laughs> they fought uh, their weapon of choice, Bunsen burners. <laughs> oh, no. Turn it up real high oh. or low, make the flame Whoa, big. I'm going to get the safety flame on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was even one that's been called the 19-year duel where these two French off- army officers continually fought duels over 19 years. And uh, that's a big story, so maybe we could do that. It's own bonus report one day. Wow. So flagging that. And you might be thinking, Jules, they're so last century, or to be honest, even the century before. But what if I told you that not everyone wants to leave them in the past? In October 2002, four months before the US invasion of Iraq, Iraqi Vice President Taha Yassin Ramadan suggested US President George W. Bush and Saddam Hussein settle their differences in a duel. Mm. Mm. He reasoned this would not only serve as an alternative to a war that was certain to damage Iraq's infrastructure, but it would also reduce the suffering of the Iraqi and American peoples. Which you're like, all right, only two, one person dies here. He also proposed that the other people of similar rank go toe-to-toe, e.g. president take on president, vice president versus vice president. So you go down the line. Wow. I'm kind of into this. I mean, you think, <laughs> oh, it's a horrible waste of life. But so is war, maybe yes. even on a, on a grander extent, scale. Yeah. Ramadan proposed that the duel be held in neutral land with each party using the same weapons and with the then UN Secretary General Kofi Annan presiding as the supervisor. On behalf of President Bush, White House Press Secretary Ari Fleischer declined the offer. <laughs> Thank you so much. Hey. Hey, what a fun offer. Thank you. There's no um, bad ideas. Unfortunately, we are not available <laughs> then at that time. Um, but thank you so much. It's a no from us. <laughs> <laughs> it's a no from me, Doug. Should I go no to politics? Yeah. Yeah, you'd be great. Um, study every sentence of that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> the press secretary. Um, we'll take that one on advisement. Thank you. Thank you so much for that question. I will not be answering that. <laughs> Next question, please. Yeah, I'd be great at that. Yeah, I think you'd be really good. All right, well, I'm quitting the pod. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Suckers. Honestly, you do a better job than many of the press secretaries I've wow, seen. bloody take that, press secretaries. You got them, Dave. Fucking yeah. Cop that, Kaylee McEnany. <laughs> uh, uh, that brings us to the end of the report. That's my report on uh, the silliest jewels. They were some of the silliest ones I could find. What a fun topic. Yeah. Good Fun. job. High body count, but yeah. still. Yeah. Very, very silly stuff. Yeah, it's wild. But yeah, it makes sense that um, I mean, they're just so inherently silly. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, they are. So then you add a layer of silliness on top of that. It's like, <laughs> now, now we're getting real silly. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> this is getting this is getting out of hand. 
So that brings us to the part of the episode that everyone loves more than anything else, where we thank a few of our Patreon supporters, we talk a bit of trash, not like the serious business we get up to in the first half of the show. Can I just say that if we've ever offended anyone, we are open to them challenging us to a duel. Yes. Jess? Oh, don't speak forever, half. <laughs> well, no, Jess, how, how would we respond? Um, am I the second? Wait. I mean, this was their first opportunity to show the the skills, but I'll take it. Um, actually, thank you so much <laughs> for your offer, but we're actually busy at that time. <laughs> I'd already forgotten that riff from a minute ago. <laughs> uh, so uh, what we like to do is we... Um, we like to show our appreciation for some of our supporters mm. at patreon.com slash do go on pod or do go on pod.com who have uh, basically keep the show running with their support. Honestly, uh, without them, we couldn't have done this 300 weeks in a row. That's right. So 301. And uh, <laughs> so the... Uh, uh, <laughs> um, are you looking for a... <coughs> Is it? I looked. I mean, with disgust. <laughs> it was like <laughs> <laughs> Matt can't find his words. Uh, yuck! Yuck! Uh, are you looking for Genesequa? Uh, no, I was just. I can't even. I just fully blanked. That's all right. Just start again from the top of the podcast. Yeah. Hello right. and welcome. Uh, Jewel is the name of a singer. That sounds a bit like Jewel. <laughs> so people, they support us on those websites and uh, get all sorts of um, rewards. Is that what we call yeah. them? Yeah, rewards. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, some of them include bonus episodes. We do three bonus episodes a month. Jess is working on those this month, I think. Yep. Yeah. And um, then, you know, you've got a Facebook group. We do a sporadic newsletter, um, all sorts of different things. Yeah, you get to vote for the topics and really steer where the show goes. That's right. That's one of the big ones. You get to vote on the topics. Uh, if you are on the Sydney Scheinberg level, you get to vote for two out of three topics, basically. Uh, but you also get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question. You also get to give us uh, your title. This little section has a jingle that goes a little something like this. Fact, quote, or question. Ding. Uh, he always remembers the ding. And uh, this week we've got four, much like every other week. Uh, the first one comes from Drew Forsberg, who's given himself the title of number one at getting one-upped. And <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And Drew has uh, is asking us a question. And his question is, in works of media, when, an, uh, when a New Zealand actor is portraying an Australian... Do you catch it every time, or have you indeed been fooled by a secret Kiwi? I'm American, so pretty uh, pretty much everything gets by me in this department. Uh, ministry. Um, yeah. Well, every time Russell Crowe gets on the mic, you're like, where's he from again? Yeah, but he's he's fully, he's got an Australian accent, though, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. But uh, is he just fooling us? Oh, wow. Oh, he's just really Kiwi. good. Academy Award winning man. Yeah, really I I think because he's lived in Australia for quite a while. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, uh, I can't think of that many examples other than Russell Crowe, Sam Neill. The guy who plays Homelander in, uh, yeah. he's a Kiwi, but he's he does an American accent that I believed. Yeah. I think it's more, I think Australian and, and New Zealand accents are fairly similar. I mean, some people have very, like, strong uh, New Zealand accents, but... 
I think we slip into each other's accents easily. Actors do. I don't think I do a great yeah. job. Um, Americans or English doing Australian accents, I think, are the the ones that are the most noticeable. American in particular. Yeah, Americans it's, it's, the it's, most, it's, it's so the different. Difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's always pretty obvious. It's rare to see it done really well. But yeah, I think the, yeah the Kiwi they just have it's just a few vowel sounds that get changed. Yeah, you kind of you can change those fairly easily, and we even have fairly similar like lingo. For a lot of things too, some different, but yeah. I think technically New Zealand is in the Australian constitution as a state, but they just never took it up or something. Oh, really? Yeah, I heard that recently. That's a cool fact. If true. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I can't. Uh, if uh, yeah, I can't think of a time being like, oh, look at this. Look at this Kiwi being an Aussie, and I don't think we care. Like we, I, I think we are more <laughs> incensed. If an American's playing an Australian and doing a bad job, we're like, bloody, there's so many Australian actors you could get and you don't bloody... I think if a Kiwi's doing it, we're like, nah, good on them. One of the, the worst <laughs> ones from recent time uh, was an English actor who was on The Good Place. Oh, my God, it's so bad. Oh, I haven't heard it. Is it's it, so it was bad. A, she, she sounded like she was being... Yeah, it was. It was I thought, I'm like... There's got to be an Australian over there. So many. But, but there was a few Americans playing Australians in that show and it, they were all horrendous. But I'm also, why, you don't have to make them Australian. Why, don't, why, isn't, that, why isn't that world in England if you want her to be yeah, in it? Yeah. Because she was great, but not as an, her accent wasn't. Or she could be English in Australia. That's fine. Yeah, that's true too. Cheedy's there and he's... Not from Australia, so people can move around the world. It's all right. Yeah. Not that, I mean, I don't, the people did get a bit annoyed by that. I mean, I in did. the end, I don't really give a shit. Who cares? Well, but I it's, hated it. <laughs> <laughs> it, did, it. It made me think that it was on purpose and that that was going to be another version of, uh, of a bad place yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but no, it was just, just meant a, to be an Australian accent. It's just bad. <laughs> There's so many Australian actors over there trying to make it. And it's like, just give them the part. Just you, give them the part. If you want an Australian accent, get an Australian to do it. But I guess that's acting as well, right? Yeah, it's all about, you know. And so, yeah, some people do it better than others. It's just funny to go, yeah, that'll do. But I yeah. guess the people casting it just didn't know, couldn't tell the difference. And I wonder if, like, Americans seeing Australian or English people doing American accents go, what are they doing? All right, <clears throat> give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> I, I find that watching Australian yeah, actors... Yeah, I find that uh, watching Australian actors... Uh, <laughs> doing American accents. Doing American accents. Sometimes I'm sometimes like, I'm like ooh, ooh, you're not, doing, you're a not doing a great job. Actually, That was pretty good. Pretty good. They're, they're yelling at their iPods right now. Yeah. In America. Um, <laughs> good question, Drew. It's real specific. I wonder where that came from. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, but... No, yeah, I think accents are so f- hard, and to commit yeah. to one. But you know, like it's the same thing. It's like the people who get annoyed by podcasts on a certain topic are the people who know so much about it. And it's like maybe it's you know, and and the same like an Australian knows the accent so much. So yeah, then, but the good place isn't for an Australian audience, really. Yeah. Where does this tiny little market? It's for Americans. They don't give a shit. Yeah, they, they, they can't tell. Notice. Yeah, of course. So it's. Uh, I think you just. Yeah, sometimes when you're like, oh, I care about this, it's like, well, it's probably not, I don't know, it depends. But those sort of things are like, oh, does it really matter? Yeah. But sometimes it is fun to uh, be angry at stuff that doesn't matter as well. Yeah. 
Love to yell on an iPod on occasion. <laughs> uh, thank it's you. It's not even on. <laughs> Just put it in the corner. You are pointless because you're off. <laughs> Fucking wheel. What the fuck's that? <laughs> uh, so the uh, thank you, Drew. The next one comes from Murray Somerville, who's given himself the title of Senior Head of Lettuce. <laughs> bit of fun. That's fun. Do you get it, Dave? No. Oh, nah, I got it. Dave, you're so stupid. Uh, and this is a fact from Murray. Uh, Murray writes, following up on my last opera fact, Dave mentioned that he thought opera people said toy, toy, toy. Oh, yes. I want to know if that's true. Toy, uh, toy, toy. This yeah. is true, and it's another form of wishing each other good luck. Often we'll say chookers, toy, toy, toy. Uh, toy is of German origin uh, from their word for the devil, uh, Teufel. Uh, saying the devil's name three times was said to ward off bad omens. Over time, huh. it was shortened to just toy and said as if you were spitting the devil's name three times. Toy, toy, toy. Oh, interesting. Okay, that's very interesting. Great fact, Murray. Yeah. I'm guessing, because weren't you saying Chookers was an Australian one? So maybe Murray, Murray, Murray Somerville is a very Aussie sounding name. Murray Sar- Somerville, no Australian. G'day, maybe. Murray. Uh, hey, uh, bloody going. Uh, Murray uh, is the fantastic artist who posts photos in our Patreon, uh, sorry, uh, drawings in our Patreon group uh, that are simply awesome. Great. They are so good. And he's from Queensland. There you go. The bloody Mother. <laughs> Murray, the artist and opera guy, bloody good on oh, you. Artist slash operatic singer in residence. I wonder what Murray thought of this week's or. Sorry, three weeks ago's book cheat. That's right. Matt and Evan came on to talk about La Boheme, the Puccini opera, my first ever opera episode. So, um, toy, toy, toy. <laughs> to <laughs> toy, toy to you too. <laughs> and to toy, toy, toy. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's a great one. Thanks, Murray. The next one comes from Andy Goldsmith, who's given himself the title Abe Froman, Sausage King of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's a reference to, but I love it. I love it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Can you figure out what that's about, Dave? While I read Andy Goldsmith's quote, which is from Ferris Bueller. Great film. One of my favorites. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Mm, So true, Ferris. So good. What a film. It's a great film. It holds up, too. I saw a little bit of it not too long ago. I was just on the tally, and it was great. Yeah, still great. Still great. Looks like, uh, do you say, what did you say, sorry? I don't know, for one second. The Ferris Bill's a good movie, that's all. Do you remember that uh, Abe Froman's Sausage King is something from that movie? Yeah, ah, I thought great. so. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, did, I haven't seen it it's for like many King years. Sausage King of I Chicago remember. sounds familiar. Yeah, well, I wonder what the... Oh, I think it was oh. when he was faking getting into that uh, hoity-toity yeah. restaurant. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yes, Froman. he poses Abe Froman in order to get a table. Good stuff, everyone. That is very funny. And then <laughs> I've looked up, there's an article on chicagotribune.com. There is indeed a sausage king of Chicago, and contrary to popular belief, it's not Abe Froman. <laughs> 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 and there's a picture of another old man sitting next to a plate of sausage. <laughs> oh, man, I'm hungry for sausage all of a sudden. Vienna beef CEO Jim Brodman, 75. Rodman, perfect name for a sausage guy. Wow. Is that nominative determinism? Bit of a stretch. <laughs> Sausages are like rods. I think he's... I'll I, have one rod of meat. That's how they were originally described. 
Meat rod, please. Meat rod. Oh, a few, chuck a few meat rods on the barbie. Yeah, feed the family. A couple of meat rods. <laughs> uh, cheers, Andy. And the last one this week comes from Declan Grant, who's given himself the title of Horticultural Assets Coordinator. Very important role. Hugely oh, thank important. thank goodness. Thank you so much. And uh, Declan has offered us a fact. So we got a fact, quote, and question this week, which is great. Beautiful. Declan writes, a sunflower looks like one large flower, but each head is composed of hundreds of tiny flowers called florets, which ripen to become the seeds. This is the case for all plants in the sunflower family, including daisies, yarrow, goldenrod, which is another old name for sausages, <laughs> uh, asters, coreopsis, and bachelor's buttons, which are bulletproof. <laughs> That's wow. fun. I what? love sunflowers. Beautiful. Very nice. Yeah. Gorgeous. Maybe my favourite flower. When yeah, they move towards the sun. Oh, love oh, that. Love that. Love they that. know. <laughs> They're flowers. They're flowers. They know. <laughs> they know. Photosynthesis. It's not part of the process. <laughs> How do they do it? Trust the process. Trust, trust That's what the, the process, flowers always say. Uh, thank you so much to Declan, Andy, Murray and Drew for your facts, quotes and questions there this week. We also like to thank a few of our other uh, long-term supporters Jess normally comes up with a little game uh, here to something to do with the day's topic. Yes. I was thinking their choice of weapon. Oh, for great a jewel. one. Great one. Yeah, fantastic. All right. Well, um, if I may kick it off. Please. Uh, I'd love to thank from Hearst in Texas, United States, Tim Liggett. Uh, and Tim is, of course, choosing. <laughs> Oh, a vacuum cleaner. So your face said you had something. A vacuum jewel. Yeah, yeah. I so what we've got, is it like an infomercial? <laughs> Where yeah. you, unbelievable stains. Let's rub it in there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, six gallons of red wine. All right. Yeah. I guess I'll spill that on this Jeez, white carpet. Looks like they had a real party here last <laughs> night. Let's see what we can do about Let's this. see how many bowling balls we can pick up <laughs> yeah. with this vacuum cleaner. Yeah, well, that, that's the fight. You suction cup a bowling ball and then yeah. try to throw it at your opponent. <laughs> you got to release at the right time. Yeah. First, you got to clean the carpet after Pro Heart's been involved. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Mr. Heart. And then once you've done that, great you right. suck up the bowling yeah. ball, fling it. That's a great That's jewel. Perfect, yeah. Jeez, Fuck you'd yeah. want to have a you want to have a fair bit of suction. We've done that. very well straight off the bat, actually. Gotta good, say, good luck, Tim. <laughs> Set a real high watermark there. No, but we, I think Tim uh, Tim's got it. Toy, 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 Tim. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd also love to thank from Sunny Mildura in Victoria, Australia, Sean Pratt. Did Sean Pratt G there? Would be silent or pragged? Pragged or pragged. I don't know. Pragged. Pragged. Sean Pragged from Mildura. Had a great family holiday in primary school up in Mildura. Mm. Had a great time up there. Used to go to Mildura a lot. We had family friends there. Really and quite a long drive. To, yeah, it's it's a big trip, but we'd go for we'd go for a solid week or so. We had family friends who had kids same age as me. Amazing times. Spent a lot of time on the river. In canoes, which is wow. why Sean's choice of <laughs> weapon is oars. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are they in canoes or on dry land? Uh, you are in canoes. You have to get close to each other and just beat the shit out of each other with oars. Is canoe the one where you... Oh, no, that's a kayak. kayak. What's the one with just the hole? A canoe can be long and it's open. Yeah. Yeah, great. Yes, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, pretty brutal, <laughs> I've got to say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because, I mean, the... 
the tactic there, obviously, is you've got to use it to steer, but then also as the weapon. Mm-hmm. So very difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously someone who's grown up on the river in Mildura yeah. Yeah, will Sean, have no un- Exactly, yes. Unfortunately, okay. Sean, you are up against the awesome force. Yeah, <laughs> so. so you are fucked. Oh, no. Rest in peace, Sean. <laughs> oh, is this event sponsored by Goulburn Valley? <laughs> yes. <laughs> peaches, mangoes, peaches. <laughs> <laughs> Some references for the overseas listeners there. Uh, and finally, I'd love to thank from Address Unknown. <gasps> I can only assume it's deep within the fortress of the Molly Moles. And we, sh- we should really say right now, if our future Mole Overlords are listening. We welcome you. We welcome you. We love oh. you. We respect Obviously you. Obviously, our podcast can be used to uh, surround up other people yeah. to work in your Molly Molly cave. <laughs> and uh, this one goes out to the Moles. Toy, toy, toy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so from Address Unknown, I'd love to thank Tim Knott. Um, uh, address is known. Tim Knott is my uncle. Uh, oh, <laughs> just uncle Tim. Just didn't want to Tim. share that information with Matt and I. I get it, Tim. <laughs> yeah, but I know where he lives. And it's number eight. No. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for your support, Uncle Tim. That's lovely. Yeah. Great uncle. Um, not great. Like, he's in... Really he's a good. he's a great really good uncle a really good uncle oh okay great wasn't sure which way that was going um, I'd love to thank Tim Nah <laughs> so he hasn't had that his entire <laughs> life um, I'm gonna I'm gonna step out of this one um, okay okay because you, you know. guys can choose um, I don't want to be part of it Tim not can make... you give us a clue give us something to work with here um, like what what do you want to know because I mean, we want Tim to win this what what would be something that he would uh, be really good well at. With, yeah. um, okay, well, uh, he's he's a very good singer. He's a, he's okay. a musician. He's in a band. Okay, so we could yeah, this could be uh, duets style. A battle of the bands, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, Huey Lewis and Gwyneth Paltrow are up against Tim Knott, and oh. who's Tim's second? Um, oof, that's tough. Maybe Gladys Knight. Okay. So he Tim's playing the role of the Pips. <laughs> <laughs> Who who's your money on? Oh, Gladys and Tim, Gladys no yeah. doubt. Yeah. Triple threat, yeah, no yeah. doubt. Um, Huey Lewis, unfortunately, has uh, got a, an ear issue, Meniere's disease. So he he's yeah he's not able to sing. Does he have... Which I didn't when I put him up for the role. <laughs> I didn't. Re- I was just because there was a film that I've never seen called Duets. Yes, where he sang a duet with Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, but yeah, he can't really sing anymore. So, so it's all Tim's up, in the box. Seat. It's all up to Gwen. Yeah, Gwen's well, doing both parts. Yes. Oh, good luck, Gwen. Very talented. Yeah, but. she's a great singer. But Tim's better. So. So what good can luck. I say? What can you do? Good Sorry. luck, Uncle Tim. What can you do? And as Matt would say, toy, 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 <laughs> toy, 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 Tim. <laughs> can I thank some people as well? Two Tims so far. Jeez, we're, we're on a Tim streak here. Can we get any more Tims? <laughs> but only one of them is related to me. Okay, which one? Is that Uncle Tim? It's Uncle Tim. Or the other one. Uncle Tim is related to me. Um, I would love to thank from Brunswick East in Victoria, Michael Russell. Ooh, Michael Russell. Michael Russell. Russell. Russelling up a rustling up a good feed. Yes. Oh, okay. Finally... Knives. Knives. Kitchen knives. Kitchen knives. It's a kitchen That's fight. a chop off. Chop off. <laughs> as, as opposed... And we've got to be very clear. This is chopping things with knives. This isn't getting your dicks out. Yeah, as opposed to a chop out. Yeah, but you are getting your dicks out and then chopping them with knives. Oh, each other's? Yes. 
That's the, that, that's the end goal. Imagine the jewel is you got to cut off your own dick. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I surrender. It's all right. I'll live in shame. I'll let that's you okay. take the first shot here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some oil off. Um, okay. So, yeah, Michael, Russell. Okay, no penises involved. No, just okay. chopping vegetables. Chopping vegetables. Something boring. Yeah, you got to brunoir them. Is that a chop? I don't oh know. Oh, my goodness. What's that mean? In Beer Pioneer, one time I, I did a session with a, a chef mm. and he taught me how to chop. And I think Brunoir, it might have been, it was either a cooking thing or a chopping thing. Uh, Juliet? Yeah. Julianne? Juliet, Juliet is chopping. Yeah, maybe it was Juliet. Maybe Brunoir might have been something else. All right, there you go. Can't wait to get an email about that one. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael Russell and the chop off. I'd also love to thank, from Dublin, in Dublin, Christopher McCann. Christopher McCann. What about fighting with a, uh, it's a pocket full of sand duel. Oh, it's the sand into the eye. Try and throw heaps of sand until the other person dies. Wow. They could be there a while. You got big pockets, like cargo pants? Big pockets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many pockets. (laughs) Christopher McCann has got, like, those, those, yeah, military cargo pants with, like, 16 pockets. And the other guy's like, oh, I only wore shorts. Yeah, no, that's your biggest mistake. Winner gets the title of Sandman. Yes. (laughs) Fighting for the title of Sandman. I love it. That's great. That's really good. And uh, Christopher is, of course, going to be successful. Yeah, Christopher can, the Sandman. Um, finally, for me, I would love to thank from Spring Hill in, I want to say, Tennessee, <coughs> TN? Yeah. There's uh, only two Ts, Tennessee and, and Texas. Texas, TX. Um, I would love to thank Lindsay Barker. Barker, it's a dog off. Okay, so you've got, <laughs> you've got a select. It's sort of like what I understand Pokemon to be, which, Dave, you grew up with. Love it. So... Uh, but instead of uh, pocket monsters, mm. you've got pocket dogs. Oh. And you, you go, I select, I choose you. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could carry my dog around in a little ball I mean, in my that, pocket. That, that's cute until the dogs start attacking each other. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, those It's dog fighting. It's dog fighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dog fighting. It's a legal back shed dog, dog fighting. Dog fighting, but just rebranded with Pokemon. Yeah. Dave, do you think Humphrey has any kind of killer instinct in him? Well, he woke up at 5 a.m. this morning for reasons unknown and just started barking up and down the hall. Okay. So, yes, I do. Yeah, right. Goose um, barked at a possum on our roof the other day. That was very cute. Hell yeah. (laughs) And it kind of scared the possum off. And I was like, thanks, dude. That's been really annoying all night. (laughs) Good work. Uh, Yeah. He he certainly raised my killer instinct. Right. I was like, what the fuck? Is that what you call your dick? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Got me real horny. (laughs) Barking down the hallway at 5 a.m. Nothing hotter. I'm so sorry. Um, what have we chosen anything for? Oh yeah, yeah. it's Pokemon. Yes, gotcha. Yeah, Pokemon right. dogs. Yeah, or great. Poker dogs. All right, Dave. Do you want to thank some people? I would love to. I'd love to thank from uh, Toledo in Ohio. Oh, God's country. I would like to thank Zachary Morris. Zachary Morris. Now we know Zachary's a person that doesn't muck around because he's written in his name in all caps. Yeah, <laughs> so love that. it's got to be something full on. I yeah, wow, you yeah. should. Uh, that, his name's actually Zachary Morris. <laughs> and weapon of choice: monster trucks. Oh, oh fuck yeah. yes! A jewel in monster trucks. Yeah, it's like um, uh, it's like what was what was the um, the sport, the medieval sport from A Knight's Tale, jousting. Joust- jousting in monster trucks. Oh, that monster is so good. Yeah, thank I you. I love it. <laughs> 
Zachary so Morris. Real big jousts. Yeah, huge jousts because it's got to be in like in proportion with yeah. the monster truck. Otherwise, it'll just look like a little antenna. It'd be like, what's that <laughs> on that monster truck? Yeah. Yeah. So it is in proportion, um, and it will fuck you up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Zachary Morris, monster truck jousting. I wish you all the best. That's sick. Actually, I'm really proud of that one. That's really cool. <laughs> I would like to thank now from Hayward in California, it is Chad Porras. Chad. Chad Porras. That's a great name. So they went from Zach Morris to Chad Porras. Ah. I like this. <laughs> uh, all right. This is a, um, a challenge, a, a Tetris duel. Ooh. Oh, okay. So, and it starts where it's already like half the screen is already clogged up. So it's just that last oh. hectic oh, bit. No. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. So whoever lasts longer than that, oh, no, no, oh, no, uh, no, no, toy, toy, toy. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> Have mercy, toy, toy, toy. Oh, Chad Porras, my money's on you. I reckon you've got the Tetris brain. Yeah. yeah. Big time. Thank you so much. And finally, I'd like to thank from Bonnethan in Canberra, it is Jaden Black. Jaden Black. Um, it is a, uh, that just gives me like a, a real rock and roll kind of. Oh, Jaden Black. So I'm thinking like a like a riff off on oh, electric guitars. Right. And then when you've had done your riff, you smash the guitar over each other's heads. Yeah. Okay. So you've got to get through a riff. And then smash the guitar. Yeah. And, and what about, if, is it the same riff? So if you get to it quicker than the other person, you can start oh, hitting them whilst they're still playing through yeah. the riff. Because you can't start attacking. And he's still like, Ow, ow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't retaliate until you finish the riff. I don't make the rules. Never interrupt the riff. Except if you're hitting someone over the head. Was it Was it the Jack Black is what connection? Yeah, maybe. It's because uh, I'm thinking. I was thinking blackboard. I'm like, it's a dust off. <laughs> Shows where, where our heads are at. You're a rock star. I'm dusting off a blackboard. Probably because blackboards didn't exist when you were a kid. <laughs> thank you so much, Jaden Black. Uh, and the last thing we like to do is thank a few of our long-term supporters for, in the Triptych Club. The way this works is if you're uh, supporting us for three years straight on the uh, shout-out level or above, then we welcome you into the Triptych Club. It's a beautiful place uh, where everyone is just happy. Mm. And, and sexy. And sexy, yes. <laughs> it's uh, not their value, but they just feel good in themselves. That's right. I mean, this place exists in our hearts, but also physically we move it around. This uh, this week, Jess, whereabouts is it? Is in your butt. It's in your butt. Whoa. It's in your butt. Finally. Very convenient. It's in Finally. your hearts and your butts. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the way this works is I've got the door list, so I'm standing on the door. Uh, I'm going to read out your name. I'll lift the velvet rope. You'll come in, then Dave will hype you up because you, I mean, you come in feeling good. It's the Triptych Club, baby. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, you made it. This is T- where you want to be. Takes a lot for Dave to hype you up, so then Jess uh, has Dave's back. Gives him a little <laughs> zhuzh as well, yeah, a little you hype. A little zhuzh on his tush. And. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Jess also has a few drinks, uh, a few cocktails, uh, and Dave has a band. Who's what? What kind of drinks we got tonight? We've got the Jewel Special. Oh yeah. Um, at the specials, I should say. There's um, there's uh, sapphire. It's green. It's got Maduri in it. There's um, uh, there's which uh, is weird because that's a blue diamond. Sapphire. Yes, I meant to say emerald. 
But we have Emerald as well. Oh, we're just fucking with you as well. Just fucking with you. We've got Ruby. Is, is Sapphire blue? I think they're clear. Yes. Damn it. I went so Sapphire. confident. No, I'm thinking of the wrong one. Sapphire's a blue. You're thinking of glass, Dave. I always think of glass. No matter the situation. <laughs> and food-wise, we have um, everything um, is in the shape of a hand in um, homage <laughs> to Jules. Hand sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm thinking of a white sapphire, which does exist. Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up, you a, I'm actually thinking of white gold. <laughs> I'm actually thinking of uh, clear glass. <laughs> <laughs> and Dave, what, what band have you got playing? Oh, well, Jess is going to be pretty excited that we've got not only Jewel, but also Jessica Simpson yes. together oh. again at last. Yes. Finally. <laughs> Reunited. <laughs> We've been waiting. And the cast of the Sapphires. Oh, very good. <laughs> I went over your head on that one, Dave. Oh. <laughs> He's like, no, Sapphires. <laughs> so we've got Clear. six inductees this week. Let's get to it. On the door list, welcome in from West Hills in California in the United States, Drew Peisner. Oh, what drew you here was a great time. Yeah, great times, nah. Yes. Yes, nice. From Stockton in New South Wales, Australia, it's Tegan Doozy. Oh, this night's going to be a doozy. Yes. I should have said this night's going to be a Tegan. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I call good things. <laughs> From Clovis in California in the United States, it's Ian Goodlock. Oh, good luck in the three bears. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically good luck. <laughs> uh, uh, good luck and the three hell yeah's. <laughs> Stand by. <laughs> From Overland Park in Kansas, I reckon, in the United States, Savannah Floyd. Oh, I'm a fauna of Savannah. <laughs> it's Dave. From New Haven in Connecticut, I reckon, in the United States, it's Jordan Gage. Ooh, going by the Gage, we're going to have a good time. Yeah. That's my Gage. <laughs> and finally, from Highlands Ranch in Colorado in the United States, it's Nick Lude. Ooh, Lude. I'm feeling rude <laughs> with Nick Lude. Yes. So welcome in, Nick, Jordan, Savannah, Ian, Tegan, and Drew. You didn't even need me that time, Dave. You nailed that. Yeah, you were really lifting me up, though, mate. No, stop it. Without you, I'm nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, that's Never true all that. the time. But particularly at this part, I'm just saying you did well. Hey, Dave, how many sea states in America? I think we got three of them in that, in that small group then. Whoa. California, I reckon Connecticut, Colorado. Hmm. Is there one other? Uh, it doesn't matter. All right. I mean, it matters to them, probably. Kississippi. Kississippi. Mexico. Oh, Kississippi. That's where I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that brings us to the end of the episode. We made it, everyone. Can you believe it? I can. Because we always do here at Dugo One Headquarters. Yeah, I'm just looking it up so we don't get people pissed off. There are three C's! We yeah, did it! Remember the three C's. We got them all. Amazing. That's special. Hey, <laughs> thanks to everyone that supports the show on patreon.com slash dogoonpod or dogoonpod.com. You hold special places in our hearts. And, uh, yeah, we really and do butts. appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on down <laughs> to the club. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll be back next week with another one. But if you want to stay in touch with us between now and then, you can follow us at DoGoOnPod on social medias. Uh, DoGoOnPod.com has links to all that sort of stuff as well as merchandise. Mm. And, uh, yeah, we've got a few gigs coming up. Hopefully there'll be a few more 
you know, shows on the horizon. So keep your eyes peeled for that. We always announce those first to Patreon and then to uh, onto social media and on the show. Of We've course, gotta get to New Zealand. Yeah, oh, gosh, test out that. some of those accents. Yeah, <laughs> see if we can. That'll be choice. <laughs> Hello, Tom. Hello, Fall. <laughs> bit of a classic bit. There. Is that if you see? Tim that's, and Phil? That's if I see Tim and Phil. Okay, yeah, yeah gosh, who, uh, that'd be good. They, they, I think, as far as I, Tony Martin's old show <laughs> made clear, they're quite, quite big on the radio over there. Okay. The to- Tom and Phil. Gotcha. Um, uh, drive show. Huh. They do pranks and stuff. We're doing a prank call today. <laughs> <laughs> We're calling up the Moss and, Moss and Parsons department to report our Moss and Jandals. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> This is a Moss and Persons department. This is for Moss and Persons. Moss and Jandals are a comfy bit of footwear. <laughs> Can't wait to try this out on the road. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, get in contact with us at Do Go On Pod. But until next week, we'll be back. And uh, until then, I'll say goodbye. Later. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.